Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them, uh, got to tell you, this podcast is brought to you today by our good friends over at Tervis. Uh, look, they've been around since 1946, and they're celebrating 75 years in business. Started with their classic line. They've got sleek styles that make perfect for the active and on-the-go lifestyle. Tervis is the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps your cold drinks cold and reduces condensation. Backed by a made-for-life guarantee, Tervis is the original customizable double wall insulated drinkware that keeps your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold and they're available in several sizes as well they've got a 16 ounce mug a 16 ounce and a 24 ounce tumbler and also a 24 ounce water bottle they're made from triton plastic made in america lifetime warranty dishwasher safe microwave safe and they are bpa free so go check them out at servicepromos.com to learn more you will not be sorry that you did i can promise you that uh, so like I said, joined today by three other lovely folks. Why don't we say hi to uh, Meg Erber this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. I have a little bit of craziness going on. We're trying to redo this room. I'm all hard, hardwired in finally, but the backdrop is going to be all suave next week. So all right. we, still, we still see the SNS, what looks like a surfboard in the back, but I know it's not a surfboard. What is that anyways? Surfboard. Mini surfboard. Is it? Oh, it's a mini nice. surfboard. It's a mini. Fair uh, enough. There was a sweatshirt came in that. Very cool. <laughs> Steve McFadden with uh, Perfect Promotions and More down in Apex, North Carolina. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I'm uh, trying something new technology wise today. <laughs> hey, 118 episodes in, and we're still on the struggle bus. It's it's all good. <laughs> Every episode brings something new. I can tell you that. Uh, it wouldn't be exciting if it wasn't for stuff like this, though. 100%. So, look, we brought in the OG, the uh, Mr. David Geiger with Geiger. Yeah, that Geiger. And uh, so, listen, uh, David, it is a, an honor to have you on the show. We're excited to talk Spark. Uh, you know, obviously, Spark had their direct-to-you conference uh, back on May 20th, and uh, so we'd love to do our annual recap of Spark. Uh, but before we dive into the topic, uh, it is customary around here to give you a good three to four minutes uh, just to tell us everything, David Geiger, how you got started in the industry, what you've been up to since, and any funny stories you've got to tell is always fun. <laughs> well, appreciate it, guys. Uh, it's a huge honor to be here. Um, I, I think you said it's been 118 episodes. So, um, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on here. Um, I guess I'll just jump into it. Um, my name is David Geiger. I work for Geiger. We're a distributor and uh, based in Lewiston, Maine, but um, we're um, um, all over the states and um, starting to expand international now. But I'm the fifth generation of a, a family business that's been around since 1878. Uh, we've been blessed to uh, have, um, you know, made it made it this uh, far and. Um, you know, just super grateful and, and happy to uh, to be in this industry and, and to be working with so many great people like yourselves. But um, I guess my start in the industry, I sounds kind of stupid saying I was born into it, but um, I've been around it certainly um, all my life. And I think 
um, I didn't really, but I didn't really get involved um, until probably after college. You know, I, I did some, you know, maintenance work here and, and um, you know, did, did, a, did a few things around the business, but I didn't really get my start until after business school where um, I went to school in Los Angeles at USC. Um, and my dad approached me about uh, a position um, uh, in the company, uh, compliance, you know, product safety, you guys all know you know, about that. Our industry is very, you know, knowledgeable about that stuff now, but I didn't really get my start in, in the industry until I was a compliance officer, um, moved back from Los Angeles to Maine. And uh, it's kind of how I got my start. Um, worked for about three years as the compliance manager, did all fun things, product safety, FDA, CPSIA, um, all that power banks, all that fun stuff. And um, got to the point where I actually, uh, started to realize I kind of liked the loss, the law side of things. And, you know, I really wanted to, I guess, contribute in a way to my family's business um, without, you know, beyond just my last name. So I decided to go back to law school, um, get a degree, pass the bar. And um, now I'm back with the company as the general counsel. And I serve as an executive team member um, here at the company and, um, you know, handle all things legal and risk management related and, you know, there's a bunch of things that fall under that, but, um, you know, my job is to basically help manage risk for the company, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, a whirlwind. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like I just met you, Steven, you know, the other day, but it's been what, two and a half years. So yeah, almost three years. Yeah. <laughs> three years. I mean, it just feels like things have sped up with, you know, uh, COVID and all that, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me. I'll stop talking, but that's awesome. So, I mean, I have a question about the general counsel thing because I think that's like a whole nother level. I mean, most most distributors aren't aren't in that position or probably will ever be in that position. So, I mean, when you went back to law school, did you go with this industry and and the Geiger um, distributorship like in mind? Like, how how did that all work as far as like your frame of mind? Like, what how do you how do you take that into the promotional products industry? How do you prepare yeah, for that? Totally. Um, I, I think the, the goal was always to come back, um, was always to go to law school and, and you know, um, utilize that skill set that I learned there, you know, for the benefit of the company, the industry in, in general. But, um, uh, you know, my dad's always been really good. He's all he's almost always, you know, kind of pushed me, you know, away to figure out my own thing and not pressure me, which was nice. So I kept my options open. I um you know, I went into it thinking I'd come back, but, um, you know, I interned for a district court to see, you know, if I wanted to, you know, defend um, scumbags or be, a, you know, some sort of prosecutor or um, I worked for a, um, a, a law firm um, just to see what it would be like to, you know, work as your, your standard, um, you know, attorney. And then um, I also worked for one of the biggest corporations in Maine in their legal department of like 20 lawyers. So I kind of had the trifecta business, um, you know, court and um, just the firm just to see where I, you know, what I wanted to do. But after I had that internship at the uh, corporation, I realized like this is what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, uh, it, it just reaffirmed, you know, what, what I was thinking in general. So. Yeah, it speaks volumes because this industry is so awesome. Uh, you know, so the fact that you've, you've done that, you've been there and then you still come back to the industry is pretty awesome. So uh, kudos to you, but have you, have you dealt with any, uh, any, like what's, what's like the most recent law or legal issue you've had to deal with on the distributor side of, of the business? Oh man. I mean, you know, 
I think the industry is evolving. I mean, um, and regulations are evolving. Um, you know, our industry's done a great job trying to figure out how to deal with all these product safety laws and uh, just making sure our products are compliant. But, um, you know, the government is, you know, putting together a bunch of, you know, laws, especially during COVID, a bunch of laws, HR, HR-wise changed. And, um, you know, sorting through all, you know, law changes are difficult because there's, you know, laws, um, you know, really based off precedent. And once you pass a law, you know, it's basically just a bunch of lawyers guessing what it will, you know, what the implications of it will be. But sometimes it's not for years, you know, where you find out really what, you know, law means or it goes through the court process. And, um, you know, so there's a bunch of stuff we're juggling, but I'd say California is probably, you know, the one place where there's always stuff that's changing, whether it's data privacy related stuff, um, employee related stuff, um, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of it's going to be uh, who, who can qualify as an independent contractor versus an employee. So things yeah. like that, you know, we're trying to tackle, but. Um, I figure that might be one of the most recent is like the whole 1099 contractor deals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been such a crazy thing to try to sort through, honestly, but um, you know. Like I saw you writing something down. Is it, did you have a question? Uh, yeah, just when he's when he was talking, just stuff I want to talk about later. But um, no, not right now. Just as a, a thought for later. All right, fair, fair enough. <laughs> and she's putting down her rapid fire question. That's what it was. Stephen's like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I totally did. So have I. No, don't worry about it. We're all, it's all going to be an interesting rapid fire. All right. Well, uh, in the interest of time in our audience, um, you know, there's plenty of other questions I could ask is that we could definitely go down that rabbit hole. But uh, we're here to talk about Spark and the recap. And I did happen, happen to take a look at the agenda and there was actually some really good courses, it seemed like. So um, I know you're on the work group. And uh, so from that perspective, I, I think you were supposed to select three different breakout sessions, right? Um, were there any that stood out to you, David? Well, for the work group members, we actually um, helped moderate or, or host the sessions. So we didn't actually get to, you know, dive into other people's sessions, but mm. I think there were, you know, a few, um, you know, really good breakout um, sessions and a lot of good conversation. Um, I, I will speak for mine. Um, I focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, I think you all know it's, it's becoming a, um, major, you know, talking point, um, certainly in other industries, but, um, you know, our industry is just starting to, um, you know, get our arms around it. And there's just so much to unpack there, but, um, uh, you know, I, I, I heard the other sessions, there's great feedback in general. Um, I know in my session, there's plenty of engagement. Um, I know we just had under, I think a hundred, around a hundred um, people who participated or signed up. And I know in my session at one point, I think there were just under 30 people and um, you know, people were really engaged and passionate. And uh, there's a bunch of people that just uh, stayed over in, into the second session, essentially that, so they can talk a little bit more about, you know, DEI uh, related um, matters, but um, you right. know, as, as far as, yeah. Sorry, can we, before we dive into what David was, can, the people who don't know what Spark is, can we no. start there? Because I think I, I, like I said, I was, we were talking prior to this, and I feel like I'm out of that demographic. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening um, that aren't even aware of what Spark is. So tell us real quick, from your point of view, what what is Spark, and who who would benefit most from going to Spark? 
Well, we got the past two chairs here. I'm sure they'll do, they could do a better job than I ever could. It's, you know, selling what Spark is. And we we're just, Jeff and I were just talking about, I guess, you know, what it started out as, but um, at least the way I see Spark, it's, um, you know, we're a work group that, you know, puts on events to uh, help connect people that are um, inexperienced or just starting out in the industry. I, I think, you know, we've thrown out, we're targeting millennials or the Gen Z's or of the world, but um, uh, you know, Spark is basically made up of the, the majority is, you know, uh, one to three people, one to three years of experience um, is the typical, you know, person who comes through Spark. But um, you know, the key point is putting on education, um, you know, getting them familiar with the industry, giving them pointers and tips and best practices. And I think the second facet to it is um, networking and, and bringing people together and, um, you know, that's the way I see Spark. It's an uh, education resource, but also a net networking resource. Um, I don't know, if Jeff or Steven, you get, you're the two main guys. Yeah, um, I, I'm, so. I'm happy to jump in to kind of give the, uh, the idea. I know um, I was a little bit in the earlier iteration, but not as early as Jeff was in it. I know it certainly evolved as a, as a, you know, started as a networking group for younger folks in the industry because there was, there, there felt like there was this gap between new people or just youth in the industry. And there wasn't a lot of it. And I think this was one of the ways where people would could connect network and get educated amongst their peers and be able to find one another. Cause there didn't seem to be like, there was a lot of us. So um, I know that was the, the early iteration. And, and as this progressed, um, we, you know, as, as you mentioned, we dropped some of the, the labels and tags and it became, uh, kind of a, a hybrid scenario of new in the industry and just younger in the industry. And I think there's the um, Ignite and Spark, which are kind of subgroups inside of inside of it based on how much experience you have. But um, the, I, the whole idea was to be able to connect with people across the industry, no matter what your position was, and just to, to be able to A, network so you can you know see what you're dealing with um, in your situation across the country, uh, distributor supplier and user, um, and then also get educated from, uh, you know, not only our peers, but from more experienced or, uh, and figure out how to include that back into the workplace. Yeah. So, I mean, almost on the topic that you, you talked about at Spark, you know, diversity, you know, yeah. equity and inclusion, like most people typically think that that's a race or a gender type of thing. And really it's all, it's all encompassing, you know, I mean, it's, it's a generational thing as well. And as we all know, you know, this, this industry is known for a lot of white old dudes. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've got now women's leadership, uh, we, and, and this spark was like the, the young professionals, if you will. And it was Seth Barnett's brainchild, uh, it was completely his idea and he brought it to, um, you know, he brought it to LDW one year actually. And, uh, and that's where we got to talking uh, amongst uh, ourselves with a few other young professionals that were at that setting. And that's how the first work group really got formed. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's about, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, make people feel more like a family or make, make them feel more comfortable with the events? You know, you go to PPAI Vegas and like Steven, you said, when you look around, it's, it's hard to see, you know, a lot of other younger folks or 
you know, whatever it might be. But then it's really in- incredible because once we started Spark, we just started see all- seeing all these young people sort of come out of the woodwork and, and just in waves. And then, you know, you go to like the uh, the one the one Spark event at PPAI Vegas, for instance, where it's really just a networking thing. It's not the conference. And so in this one, in this one corner, the one hallway, like it's just a sea of young people, you know, there's 130, 140 people there, I think, um, typically, and it's pretty amazing to see, you know, so that's, that's really what it was. But you know, ultimately, it was about networking and engagement and just creating and fostering that community. So um, yeah, thanks for the question, Meg. That was sorry, I didn't mean to like, no, it's smart to bring it back. So yeah, and like Alan um, Letson is watching and he just says, how do you get into Spark? He's a PPI member, but doesn't know anything about it. So this is a great mm-hmm. opportunity to direct people. Where is it? I'm sure it's on the PPI website. Would you guys have to hear anything that we could put in the, in the chat? Yeah, so yeah. go ahead, David. Um, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I would say I'll let, I'll let you handle it since you're the, the new, uh, <laughs> currently- well you, <laughs> well, you can work, I mean, um, you know, can reach out to any work group member um but you know there's different events we're going to be putting on um as far as future events um it's a little unknown what's going to be happening um I, I think they're still trying to figure it out we're still getting feedback from the event that we just had um but you know there certainly probably will be something at expo up in 2022 but um on promo connect you know you, there's ways to get engaged by um going to the spark page and um you know like i said you can reach out to any work group member and um you know we'd be able to you know get you set up on on that but and we, and we can drop something down in the facebook as well with a link to get some more information yeah there's also a uh a facebook page uh, or a group the uh promotional product young professionals oh, yeah. group that um that i'm admin for and i think steven you're still a moderator i'm not sure but mm-hmm. um ultimately you can join that and, you know typically we you know stuff gets posted in there as well but yeah it's on ppai's website uh ppai.org and then you can go to events and find spark in there um so yeah uh, there's multiple ways you can find it but uh thanks for the question for sure um, so one of the things that I saw in the agenda that popped out to me, there's two major ones, actually, like creating, creating uh, creative problem solving through ongoing inventory shortages, which I thought was interesting because we're going to have somebody on next week to talk about that particular issue. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then getting the most out of a virtual trade show uh, was one of the one of the um, sessions, the breakout section, the sessions. And then there was one uh, that talked about like really navigating like the hybrid situation, which I also thought was really cool because we've talked about that on this podcast as well. So um, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that you weren't able to join any other sessions because I, I wanted to see if you had any feedback on any of those <laughs> or knew about them because I'd, I'd love to get that generation, uh, well, our generation's uh, take if there were any other viewpoints on how to navigate that hybrid situation. Yeah, I, I wish. Um, I wish I was able to engage on that. And that's why I'm really excited to see the feedback um, once we all have a chance to regroup here. But um, like you said, the hybrid situations, um, you know, uh, we're dealing with that, uh, you know, at Geiger over here, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do as next steps. And, um, you know, nothing's set in stone yet. But, you know, it seems the way of the world. And, you know, certainly, um, people in my generation would appreciate more flexibility. Um, I, I don't know if all of you would agree with me, but I'd rather have flexibility versus, versus pay and, you know, a lot of benefits. So, um, you know, I think, you know, companies that are resistant to hybrid are, you know, kind of missing out on an opportunity, um, especially with, 
um, you know, the next generation kind of coming into the fold and, and being more prominent. And um, um, so I'm sure all of you have talked extensively about hybrid on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think this situation, you know, last over the last 15, 16 months now um, has really opened a lot of people's eyes because a lot of people I think that that had employees were really reluctant to allow people to telecommute or work from home. Uh, and this situation sort of forced their hand and mm -hmm. they realized that it, it still worked. And in, in a lot of cases, it actually works better. Um, you know, so I think you know, moving forward, you're going to see people that are a lot, lot less resistant to that just because we've already had our hands forced in that matter. Um, so I don't know. If well, as I say, it's interesting what you mentioned, um, flexibility versus pay. I think that's been something that's been pushed by the, by the stark spark demographic of employees for a while now. And, um, you know, I think we went over this probably a year or so ago, just talking about, um, you know, what it looks like to hire different types of people in your, in your industry and what people are looking for as it relates to culture and flexibility has always been one of the things that people seem to flock to. So it's interesting how we've, we've arrived at that <laughs> and, and how like the new employees, it's, it's, fitting perfectly into what they wanted anyways, you know, so um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, like you said, the follow-up and the, and the um, feedback from that session in particular. Do you know, um, David, do they record the sessions for people that might not have been able to attend to check out some of the other sessions? Great question. This, this year, I don't think they recorded. Um, I don't know if it was uh, logistic issues um, or I, I believe it was actually more, um, they wanted people to be able to participate without, you know, feeling like they, you know, had to watch what they said, essentially. So, Fair. yeah, that, that's that, that's the only downside of not doing that. But um, I think the idea was to get more engagement um, without having, you know, to be nervous about, you know, what you participated with. So that's an interesting. Yeah, I think there was a stigma. The one spark. It was just, oh, is it all? drinking beer and singing songs or something isn't that steven didn't, didn't so that five years ago meg well that's that's when you had mom telling you you couldn't couldn't hold your beer in pictures and stuff yeah. like that you know yeah. the, the, optics, the optics were bad uh, um no, I, will, I will say that time predated me so don't throw me in with that yeah <laughs> there i go again aging myself hey, it, oh, go ahead, Meg. Go ahead. You no, I think what you said earlier, um, we can't go back to the way things were. You didn't say that, but when we're talking about the hybrid hybrid situation and all of the people in those groups or the, the demographic was saying, like, it, it's, it's quality of life at this point. You know, we, we just, we just went the last 15 months through this pandemic, this mental health crisis, this this sickness that in, infiltrated our country and our vibes and everything. And it's just, we can't go back to the way things were because it, a, it was working, but we didn't know anything else until we were forced to make these, you know, these bold moves and, and go virtual and everything. So I think that's why the hybrid, um, this hybrid environment is such a big topic of conversation because people are like, so some people are so ready to just to go back to how it was, but I think moving forward, we have to be more intentional as an industry. We have to constantly be adapting and evolving. People want a better quality of life after just going through that. They found a balance or maybe they didn't, but moving forward, I think it's just being very intentional about how we come to market, how we sell, how 
we take our role on as, you know, a salesperson or, you know, a CEO or, or something, we have to be more intentional moving forward. Yeah. So are, are optics uh, still an issue for, for the Spark work group? Like, are you still hearing those feed, that feedback? Because I know there was, a, when, when Spark first started, there was a lot of interest and a lot of watching eyes as far as, you know, what it was. And I think the issue was people wanted to know more about what was happening ultimately. And, uh, you know, none of us were really, I guess, doing a great job at broadcasting sort of what was happening. So, you know, the information that they got was just the photos that they saw. Um, you know, so what, are you guys doing anything different now to approach that situation? Well, I, I think, I think optics for one are, are changing a little bit because I think, you know, we've had, you know, I think we've been around for five years now. So I think the industry is seeing that, you know, this is a legitimate work group and, uh, the mission behind it and, and what we're trying to do, you know, um, uh, you know, there, there's validity to it based off of, you know, prior events. Um, you know, in the past, I'm sure that people were skeptical because there is this bias against, I think, younger people where, you know, these guys are probably just screwing off and, and, and drinking. But I think, you know, with each passing year and, and the more progress we make, you know, there's less of that stigma. Um, you know, it was a relatively, you know, new work, you know, group. Um, but, you know, now I think, um, you know, there's been enough time that's gone by and enough progress where I think there's, there's less of that, but also it helps too when you're basically all virtual and, you know, there isn't an opportunity to, you know, kind of go out and, and drink and, you know, take pictures or whatever, like, but, um, you know, I will say personally, you know, when I joined the spark work group, um, the first time I went, you know, when Steven, um, and, you know, I think this comes right after you, Jeff, um, I'd say Spark was one of the best, you know, industry events I, I've been to, and I've I've been to, you know, a bunch. Um, you know, I'm also on the Promotion Responsibility Action Group as well, and when we put on a Product Safety Summit, but you know, um, I I think as far as networking, you know, even some of the education, um, uh, I think the event has been, you know, really really great, and I've been some of the virtual events, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, the people that participate and, you know, the response to it, because, you know, I, I was a little shocked that we even had a hundred, you know, the past couple of times, more than a hundred uh, people attend. So um, I think there's more legitimacy, um, you know, with time. And I, um, I think with the progress, progress that's been made, and um, I think there's less of that stigma, thankfully. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know, um, you know, PPA is going to have to be cautious about, you know, and prioritize the events as they start to bring them back. Um, have you heard anything about when Spark will will return to an in-person event? Yeah, um, I did. I did reach out to them and, and ask if we had anything confirmed, but um, I, I believe they're still, you know, trying to digest uh, the numbers uh, to this event, but um, I think if all things go well, we'll have some sort of live event at Expo in, in 2022. So that'll be nice because, you know, so much of this is the networking and, and, you know, seeing people and while you can network, you know, virtually it's, you know, there still isn't a replacement for the face-to-face, -face, you know, um, so. Well, I was just going to give a little shout out, um, you know, being the, the chair during the pandemic, you know, I had a lot of empathy going, going on for you guys who had to take over, you know, there was a lot of momentum coming off the Charlotte event, um, in 19 
and then the you know the social in in January of 2020 and I think we were all excited to see like what it could be you know we, it was we were riding high there was great participation a lot of interest and then boom you know everything happened so um I I know how it was to, to do a lot for nothing to happen and you know so to see that you guys pulled off um a second direct to you event you know after last year's pivot um was really awesome so I'm, I'm props to you guys i know that's a lot of it's a lot of work of not knowing where what you're actually going to you know what the end result is going to really look like until you get there um but i i do i agree i hope they can bring that live event back whether it be in vegas or uh, another destination i know um we had San Antonio and then potentially Utah and then everything went to, to, to crap. So, um, but yeah, but props to the work group. I think a uh, hundred folks at an online event anytime is, is great. So. Absolutely. Very cool. Do you guys have any other questions regarding spark? Not really regarding spark, but David, you guys have, you, you know, you've been with Geiger for forever, obviously. Um, you guys are always at the forefront of your industry trends. And I know you said that you're working on a lot of the DEI stuff. Is that something that for the future is what, you know, Geiger is working on next as their big, their next big push for this industry? Yeah, that's one of our uh, four major improvement priorities as an organization. We have um, improvement priorities that are three years out, but we also have, um, you know, one-year goals. And um, this came up in our senior planning meetings sometime last year that this was something that our clients are, are really pushing for, for one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more. I do all the contractual work and um, a lot of the big program uh, corporate, you know, clients um, are, are asking for, um companies to uh, be more aware um, of DEI and, and what you're doing, how you're hiring, um, who you're working with. Um, so I think it's, it's you know, it, it certainly is uh, important to us and, you know, over here at Geiger, but um, just seeing from the feedback at Spark and, and all the passion and the people who, you know, um, want to discuss this topic and, and um, we're fully engaged. I, I think there is um, going to be a movement just based off, you know, generationally and, and, you know, the moral importance of it and, 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 and pushing for more inclusivity. Um, you know, we just talked about how, um, you know, Spark kind of always got the, uh, uh, you know, kind of always got negative feedback because people just assume we're always drinking, but, you know, part of that, you know, being more inclusive is, you know, understanding that different generations have different needs and, you know, not saying that they were just drinking, but I mean, there's that bias there. So, um, you know, basically there's a lot of blind spots um, um, as a corporation and we just want to do better. So um, that's the whole point behind, you know, this initiative that we're, we're doing at Geiger. Awesome. I feel like it's worth mentioning that our, our, our response to, to those, uh, or I guess to that feedback was, uh, have you ever been to an industry event before? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I like, would. Yeah, exactly. Like I would you, say it's, yeah. I was just going to say when you go to expo and they, they print those, uh, you know, the, the magazine each, each, uh, each day or whatever, the photos always have the networking events and you know, there's alcohol everywhere, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's, um, I just I'd say, that was the, the spark the, the spark event was one of the most professional events I, I i was part of and you know yes there was drinking but for the most part people were there to learn and 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 to network and 
to, you know, to understand, you know, the industry, it was, it was more business than, you know, play. That's for sure. Absolutely. I want to add one more thing, Jeff. Um, I do have a quote here from a first time attendee and it was, this is my first spark direct to you event and virtual industry event. I didn't know what to expect, but in the end, the event motivated me to connect with industry peers and it has me excited to join future PPAI events. The panel discussion was informative and you could feel the positive energy within the group. When the breakout session started, I was motivated to participate and share my own thoughts as well. Overall, great way to inspire young professionals in our industry. And I feel like that's the goal. Like you guys hit the nail on the head with this one. And it seems like, especially for someone that's a first time, it doesn't know any better for them to say that. I mean, you guys, it was awesome. Yeah. I love that feedback. I love to hear that because that's the goal. So, so happy to hear that, honestly. Awesome. I did now, you know, with one of the things that I've always said, you know, for in, in order to bring more visibility to what's happening is to, you know, record as much stuff as possible and put it out there for people to see. But, uh, you know, since it was digital and it wasn't recorded, what, what do you guys plan on doing with the feedback that you receive? I mean, is there any way of like, will that be published or broadcast anywhere? Um, still unknown uh, what we're going to do with it, but, um, you know, certainly we want to just take the feedback and, and make sure there's improvements, you know, for next year. Um, yeah. uh, I think there are always things that, you know, are overlooked and things that could be done better. And, um, you know, I, I do think it's important to be transparent about um, some of that information and, um, you know, how we're going to share it. So, um, you know, either way, I, I think, you know, there's always room to, to do better and, um, you know, the goal is to make each event, you know, that much better than the last. So um, hopefully we do get a bunch of uh, good information here to share with us, you know, what we could have done better. So. Dang, David, you sound like a lawyer. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> some days more than most. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. Well, I mean, the, uh, the, the feedback that, or the quote that Meg just read, I mean, it sounds like a glowing recommendation for Spark. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, if that stuff is put out there, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for you guys to really capitalize on that and, and potentially bring more people in because of the recommendation. So um, the young professionals group is, you know, on Facebook is more than willing to post that stuff. If you want, uh, if you want us to, um, you know, if there's anything that we can do to help you guys out, I'm more than happy to. Um, all right. Well, I mean, if you guys don't have any Thanks, other Jeff. questions, absolutely. Then uh, we can we can launch into rapid fire. Sounds good. David, David, I, don't know, I don't know if Meg or Steven told you what this is or, or anything about it, but <laughs> you're about as prepared as all of us are every week. So <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I thought I was prepared for this. At the end of every episode, we just uh, we, we each ask one question and everybody answers it as quickly as possible. Uh, and it can be, you know, uh, it can be, you know, something very light and lighthearted and fun, or it can be, you know, a business question, whatever you want. Uh, you know, like Meg always says, it could be, you know, what's your favorite cheese? You know, it doesn't matter. Um, so I'll kick things off. All right. I'll, I'll kick things off, David. Uh, since you said you, you Maine and LA, I'll ask Maine, Maine lobster or LA street tacos. LA street tacos. Ooh, Heck yeah. So I'm going to Maine this summer. I've never been I'm going to Moosehead Lake and, and Bahaba. Bahaba. Right? Yep. You said it. Yeah. Bahaba. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the lobster because I have to go with Maine to get the lobster. So I don't know that I've had Maine lobster other than Cousins Maine. 
like a food truck, but um, if that's what I'm comparing, to, yeah. So then I'll, I'll go with LA Street Takasin. Were you at the uh, the I Permit You Elite 100? Uh, that they oh, did it was yes. Boston? You would have Boston. had uh, you would have had Maine Lobster there then, did Okay, did... Uh, LA Street Tacos. Yeah, fair enough. I, I go, <laughs> I go too LA Street Tacos as well. But look, you can't you can't lose either. It's way. really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Really good, but it's so expensive now. I don't know, thirty bucks for a lobster roll. I don't know if I could do it. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Maybe get ten, ten tacos instead. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right, Meg. All right, I got one. On to you. TikTok or Snapchat? I'm asking because I feel like they're both a younger thing. But... What was the What was the first one? TikTok. TikTok or Snapchat? Well, I feel like I'm dating myself here, but I don't really use TikTok. So I guess I'll go with, and I don't even use Snapchat really, but um, I, I have used Snapchat in the past. So I'll go Snapchat. Okay. My, my brain hurts. TikTok. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I had to choose between the two, which one I would use, I'd probably use TikTok more than Snapchat. Uh, just knowing like what the features are on each. Um, so I guess I'll say TikTok, but I don't use either one of them. So I used to like Snapchat. I thought it was fun. I keep it because my kids and I Snapchat each other and like the memories come up, but like you don't get this on Snapchat. True. True. Okay, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> if I were to use either, this probably would be TikTok, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm too old. Right now. Trending. All right. I'm done. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things trending these days. <laughs> You can't literally scroll without that guy coming up in your feed. It's crazy. Like if I, mean, I, I can, I've never had him in my feed. Oh, I'm gonna send I've you. Never on. been in my feed. No, 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 no. Don't I think it has a lot algorithm. to do with uh, Big Brother using your data and what you're actually looking up, Meg. So that tells us a lot about you, Stephen McFadden. What's your question? <laughs> Fitted or adjustable hats, and if you like adjustable, what type? Snapback all day long. Okay. I mean, I'm a big Velcro fan, but that might be because I'm not in the spark demographic. <laughs> you know, Velcro, just old people. But yeah, not. Okay. That's interesting to hear, Meg, actually, because a lot of females don't like Velcro. Their hair gets stuck in it. Uh, Good for I, you. Yeah. Dave? <laughs> uh, adjustable, probably snap. Yep. Snap as well. Sweet. Whatever's a generational thing or. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's actually a good question. I don't know. I'm not like that much older than you guys, Jesus. Like, <laughs> no, that was, oh, sorry, that wasn't I'm nice. On the cusp of a millennial, no other way. Sorry, that, no, I wasn't. She's, a, she's a, a brass buckle all day long. <laughs> I wasn't implying anything there. <laughs> all right, David, what is your question for us, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, favorite uh, is it either or, or can I just I mean, whatever. Favorite place to vacation? <sighs> I mean, I'll but I'm going to Maine this year, so we'll see. Mexico is my favorite place to vacation, just because it's typically where I go. But there's plenty of other places that I that I need to check off the bucket list. Like I want to go to Iceland. Uh, I've been oh, to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii is super nice as well. So. Yeah. My favorite vacation was Thailand. Um, I don't know if I can say it's my favorite because I haven't been everywhere yet, but I'm going to say as of now, that's that's my favorite. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I think Thailand for me international, but um, Hawaii is my new favorite. Uh, I, I guess it's domestic, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I went there for the first time this year. Just yeah, amazing. It's yeah. Which island did you go to? Went to the Big Island and then Oahu. So yeah. uh, Oahu was there for a while. Yeah, yeah. a lot good over there. As, especially if you like rent a car and you just drive around the entire entire coast, like just incredible views and just stuff to see. You can stop off and get, uh, you know, mango on a stick and all kinds of stuff, man. It's just awesome. Yeah. Oh, so good. So. All right. Well, look, hopefully you guys got something great from this podcast. Uh, it was nice to, you know, dive back a few years in, in my mind uh, and sort of rejoin and relive Spark. So, uh, but anyhow, this Broadcast was brought to you today by our friends at Tervis. And uh, look, they added stainless to the line as well uh, about two years ago uh, with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree UV printing. And uh, they're available in four sizes, 12, 20, 30-ounce, or a 24-ounce water bottle as well. And they've also now uh, come out with the wide-mouth bottles uh, available in a 24, 30, or 40-ounce. They're five-year warranty. They're 18.8 copper-lined vacuum insulated they keep your drinks hot for up to eight hours and they keep your drinks cold for 24 hours uh so listen go check them out at tervispromos.com to learn more you won't be sorry that you did um and with that david i really appreciate you coming to, uh, and joining the podcast with us uh it was awesome catching up with you and uh thanks for the info on spark man thank you all i hope to see all of you soon in person absolutely in person yes. One, one of these days coming up. One of these days. <laughs> sooner, yeah. sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, take care. And tune in next week for another great episode. See you all. Hey, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.